everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio featuring The Crew, where a former pro football player, a D3 all-star, and a guy who peaked in high school use strength and conditioning as an excuse to talk about everything but. Now here's John, Luke, and Tex. Drive on. Kick the wheels right before the hammer strikes. Make sure the levels fall from low. I got the girls shining in those so bright. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, it's that time again. Tex, Power Athlete Radio time? Huh. Sure. Boy, you just ruined our shtick. I don't. Or maybe I'm you're not making. tracking on the shtick. What's oh, what was the shtick? Free. It's it's riffing, baby. You just riff. You just riff with it. You just feel the energy. Feel the rhyme. Feel the flow. Do Ride the, the bull, bull dance. Do the bull dance. It's podcast time. That's right, people. Power Athlete Radio is here. You're listening. I'm Luke. That's Tex. Tex. And then that's John. I'm John. John Wilborn, founder, CEO, power athlete, friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We are here to take a listener question. As you may or may not know, Power Athlete Radio has a hotline. It's connected to a phone. You dial these numbers and you will reach our answering machine. It's actually Luke's phone, so you can call him all hours of the night. Yeah, that's fine. My phone's... (laughs) always on do not disturb i in fact have no notifications it's the best thing in the world and uh yeah and definitely send uh send your love send your questions 929-ing-ing-zero that's 929-464-4640 and uh let us know what you're thinking be bold be brief some of our lovely listeners like to leave three minute voicemails some don't today we don't have a three-minute voicemail. Ooh. Was it five? <laughs> We're in double digits now. <sighs> oh, God. All right. So here's what we have today, boys. You ready uh, You ready for this little bad boy? Here we go. Hey, guys. This is Matt Potter calling from Montreal, Canada. Uh, my question is in regards to bedrock. Um, I'm curious if you guys had uh, an extended period of time with an athlete. Is a post-pubescent athlete that I'm talking about, let's say two years or more, would you implement some kind of pre-bedrock block? And if so, how would that look? And if not, I guess just ignore everything I just asked you. Nope. Have a good day. Thank you, guys. Bye. Uh, bye. That's the best part. Bye. So Matt is at, so Bedrock, let's just start with Bedrock. Bedrock is our foundational program. It is the ideal entry point for anyone who is weight room ready. Mm -hmm. Is that a good way to put it? Yeah. We take you on, we put you on a tried and true progression. You're going to come out the other side. You're going to come in, uh, what's this line from Fight Club, A wad of cookie dough? You're going to come out carved of wood. Yeah. Right? Carved out of wood. Uh Uh-huh. Is that what a man looks like? Uh, that's, That's Bedrock. It's tried and true. I've been there. I've done it. I think. No, I started. I definitely started on collegiate template. No, I think it was pro. <laughs> when I started cross football. Uh, common this, mistake. Yeah, common this mistake. Is, this is here. the, um, for those who are longtime CrossFit football folks, like back in 2008, 9, 10, early adopters, this was the amateur. Bedrock is an evolution of the amateur strength template. Right? Mm-hmm. So Matt is asking. We've got some young athletes might not be weight room ready biologically because that's a tricky thing what you know common question what age do we what age can we start with kids lifting weights well it kind of well, depends i think you can do it from a young age i mean uh-huh. uh, all the research 
Oh, geez, I mean, I read this like 10 plus years ago. I mean, there was uh, some really cool training manuals that the Russians put out. And I remember some of the research we looked at at the time talked about, um, and I'm and I, like, don't quote me on this, don't email me asking me because I, I can't remember exactly where it is. But it basically made the case that they found that, that they took like two groups of kids. One, they put them in a kind of a strength uh, gymnastics you know, kind of tumbling, kind of a, a you know training system, and then the other kids that they didn't, uh-huh. and then after about puberty, about 12, 13, 14 years old, they threw them all in the same pool for strength training, and the kids had had some exposure to something beforehand that looked like gymnastics, sprinting, running, jumping, uh, tumbling, you know, swinging kettlebells, whatever it looks right. like, gained muscle at a dramatically greater rate than those that didn't, and I always remember the term, there was a priming of the pump effect that the early onset of exercise allowed the kids to grow uh, much faster and develop much faster. So there became a whole pre-training, kind of pre-puberty, this is what physical training looks like before right. you get to the barbells. And it wouldn't make sense. I mean, you, you probably could put a kid under a barbell. A kid's going to get stronger if, you develop, if you're measuring strength by their ability to move a heavier load. Right? Well, from point A to point B. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the problem is, and I think where we run into this, is... Um, how do I say this? Like you don't like lifting weights in a fixed plane. Like, Hey, I'm going to put my foot in a bilateral squat and I'm going to squat up and down with a weight does will be a driver for strength and athleticism and other things. But that stimulus alone will not develop athleticism. There's more to the, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean the ability to seamlessly and effortlessly combine primal movement patterns through space to accomplish a known or novel task, power athlete definition of athleticism the ability to seamlessly move through space, uh-huh. right? So like, are you moving through space in a bilateral hip hinging movement? Yes, but not in the sense, like you don't look at somebody squat and be like, God damn, they're athletic. No, but you watch somebody jump and move and run and change direction and spin around and do all these things. So I think something that fosters and develops athleticism, uh, develops body weight awareness, something like gymnastics, tumbling, pull-ups, I mean, anything that's form of body weight, changing orientation like uh, swimming where they can develop a ton of load and a bunch of metabolic systems that enable them to handle load because the swimming you know is in a buoyant nature um, something that involves uh, hand-eye coordination whether that be like a sport something that lose, uh, allows them to move through space in relationship to another individual and then I think just a, a, a ton of running I mean the ability to develop speed and like conditioning and all those key factors at a young age has to play massive dividends yeah, there's a lot of play and there's a lot of opportunity because number one, to expect like a, a young kid to have the discipline and focus to hit like a full training session of just exercise is probably unrealistic. Is yeah. that fair? Unless you're Very. in like a communist country where you can just mandate well, it, right? Well, so when I, I trained with Roth back in the day, um, early in my NFL career, he used to have these parents that would hire him to train their kids. And so they would like, I had these like eight and 10 year old kids, the parents would drop them off and they'd be like, okay. And they'd drop them off and rock back. Okay. Uh, come back in an hour. We're going to lift weights and train. The parents would leave and we would just play games with the kids. Right. And which like, can be, well, like, is a training well, stimulus. They were, but like the parents wanted them to do sport specific right. training. Right. And Rob's like, no, but right. I'm going to put them into a training environment. It would like tag chasing. I mean, he had a tag game that was like on the squat rack where they like the ground was lava and mm-hmm. there was just a bunch of different stuff. So it just is really limited on your creativity. But I would caution you against taking a prepubescent kid and being like, 
three sets of five on the back squat, three well, that's, sets of this. Because the training stimulus there, the desired training stimulus of like an overloaded, a progression phase that is approaching overload is hypertrophy, right? Like that's, that's what we're looking for. But that's not the only training stimulus that's available to help dev, like long-term athletic development. So it's unrealistic, I guess, for, of your training program, the primary training response to be hypertrophy for a young kid. Yeah. So why apply that stimulus other than it may be valuable to start building that pattern? Would that be, would, is that a safe, um, a this, safe approach? So like introduce these barbell lifts, not as a training stimulus for strength, but as like a coordinative yeah. ability. Well, just yes, teaching, no? yeah, teaching the movements. Well, we want, to, we want to give them the opportunity to practice movement. And this is our, our project with the middle school way back and how we progressed. We introduced and began with posture and how you're able to connect. And this begins to be your teaching thread throughout of it. Your foundation for the kids is posture and bring it back to the dinner table or the classroom and make them aware. So even that simple body awareness, because they're freaking drooling in front of the Zoom call now, but former the freaking chalkboard and then they're sitting and playing video games. And if we're able to just turn on this switch, going back to our snap, of body awareness, as simple as our, grand, our nanom, nanas used to do with us at the dinner table, and that simple body adjustment of their posture, that's the start of athleticism, and every kid can do that. It's a simple enough request. From there, we start to then challenge that. And as, as John introduced, we have that the squat, the lunge, the step up in our primal or foundational movements and we can create more dynamic demands so we have our posture into our our static is we we define it as static where your feet are locked into the ground and you're performing that squat you're performing that lunge but now we can get into a more dynamic mm-hmm. static versus dynamic and you would progress to this and then most importantly don't try to teach this just set them free mm-hmm. for these dynamic movements pushing, pulling, playing, running, jumping, squatting, catching, throwing, and have them throw weird objects. Well, it could be, it's like game, yeah. just gamify exactly. it, right? So but, yeah. think of, think of a red light, red light, green light, right? Like well, that, is a, that is a mixture of isometrics and dynamic movement because you could do like a red light, green light through lunging, through squatting, through push-ups, through hanging on a bar, red light, and then they got to hold a certain joint angle and position. I think like, these are ways to incorporate some of these training principles that you would use in an advanced training program of isometrics, eccentrics, tempo work, things like that. Gamify it. Well, the, uh, the other one too, I think you have to provide opportunity. So um, things like like uh, establishing and putting things out there. Like we have a trampoline um, and like periodically, like I never tell the kids when to go get on it, but I'll, I'll look out there and there'll be like four of them just out there playing some vicious game that looks like knock them down. And then they bounce and they have fun. But I also think like being able to provide certain things. Like one of my favorite things as a kid, do you guys remember like the big jungle gyms that were like those big kind of domes? And like you kind of had to go across and this and we would play like King of the Mountain and you would swing in here and you couldn't touch. Like as I think about that, like what an incredible thing, the ability to like actuate from side to side, swing here, use your legs, get up, not get knocked down. You know, get up on top, climb over different, um, you know, kind of a, a sphere over different angles. Mm-hmm. So I think it really just comes down to like whatever uh, opportunity you provide. Like um, if you put skateboards out, they'll learn to ride skateboards. If you get them bikes, they'll ride. I mean, and 
I'm always a big fan of getting things for kids before they're ready just so that they see them there. Like, you know, take uh, have a bike with training wheels, but also maybe get another like smaller bike that doesn't have training wheels so that you can kind of get them into both environments. Um, I've just seen that like whatever, whatever we provide, they will play with. And I think what happens when new parents come in or, you know, whatever it looks like, um, they don't do it until they think the kid is ready. Just get them that stuff. And then do it with them, like do it for them. Well, they, uh, kids learn by watching, but, uh, it's also really interesting to let athletic problem solving happen. We're like, you know, like, uh, um, uh, like we got Ruby that little bike mm-hmm. and she hopped right on it and was probably cruising. Like you didn't have mm-hmm. to show her how to do it. She just kind of mm-hmm. saw it and got on. Yeah. Just right. Do it kid. So using those mirror nope. neurons versus the, the parents that are like, you know, moving, grabbing part of that limb and, mm-hmm. and doing it. Mm-hmm. The, what I would focus for Potter. So Potter is, he's been through the power athlete methodology block one. And I would have him focus on everything outside. So if he's educating other educators to be in this position, like we're trying to educate an educator right now, I would focus more on everything outside, not the X's and O's and exactly what to do, but the, the emphasis and getting your kids to enjoy fitness movement so much that they continue to now create a behavior and a passion and a love and a connection to their time with coach Potter Mm -hmm. and the teachers so that then they stay connected to movement for the rest of their, their lives. They had so much fun in gym class. The point being is like the, I think and John text, correct me if I'm missing understanding going to what Roth was doing and what you're talking about here. Tex is like, what specifically you're doing is at this point for most people inconsequential. It's just that it's not nothing like that. You have a pretty wide margin of error for any sort of thing that looks like activity or fitness. The only thing that will kill activity is the fucking TV. Uh-huh. Like the TV and the computer. I'm not kidding you. Like if, if the TV, like, it, like, they know that the TV exists, and I, I was laughing with my wife the other day, not really laughing, but we were kind of like, fuck. Um, when we were kids, right, and we'll go back in time, like, you got the TV guide, or you knew when your show was on, you got that TV show. TV guide. Right? Like, hey, we knew, like, this was our show. You watch the show, and then you turn it off because there was nothing else. You yeah. didn't sit there and keep watching. It's not like Netflix, where it just keeps spooling, spooling. And, uh, and then also, they know that anything that they want to watch, and especially stuff they want to watch, is on that TV right now. I remember looking at the TV and being like, nothing's, nothing. no, nothing's going to decent. It's going to be on for another three days. We'll just yeah. keep go outside. Wheel of Fortune. And, nope. and so, I'm out. So what I did is uh, um, I hid the clicker, and then they went and got the clicker from upstairs. So now I just take the power cord. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, the TV's broken. I'll be like, it's not working. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, they're not smart enough to figure out, is it plugged in? Yep. But um, because of that, I think, like, because of how much is on there, like, they'll sit and watch it. Um, Cashy will. Jamie will. Killy goes out and plays and does all the things. She doesn't like to sit and watch TV. Uh, but I think, like, that thing, man, and then the minute we take it off, we turn it off, they instantly go outside. They do all these things. But if I sit there or if I don't pay attention, they turn it on. It just instantly sucks them in. So that's what I say I, uh, is yeah, hide yeah. the power cord. Oh, dude, Summers, that's why the Summers house doesn't have a TV on the first floor. No big deal. Oh, the forced conversation room. That's it's right. It's probably the best idea that you've ever had. Mm-hmm. Yep. The family area has no screens. Mm. And it's going to stay that way. And in, 
to provide some specifics on what to focus on in that training environment, like the X's and O's, squats, games, outside of that. And this is something where we were working with those middle school coaches. We encourage them to eat every day. So EAT, these are themes and themes in which they will focus and teach that the kids, they are not going to get these lessons in the classroom. And maybe or maybe not, they don't get them at home. So if you want to be an empower, empowering educator, so we understand parents don't rely on educators to teach your kids. Right. But if you are an educator and you want to make a fucking difference, you have the opportunity to eat every day. Eat acronym that we were teaching effort, attitude, and teamwork. Effort in lines of we are teaching these kids urgency. And this is a Ruiz deal. And urgency would be competitive greatness. That's that uh, sportsmanship. You're learning to win and you're learning to lose. But it's all this fun in the game. It's the 60-minute, 30-minute, however long they have, the recess time. Like, it didn't matter what, if, what game we played in recess, tag, soccer. We were, both, we were all winning and losing within that time frame, but we still are friends at the end of the day. Then you have uh, intentness. In tag, I'm intentionally putting forth my best speed, effort, agility to get on J.J. Watt's tag, not to, to then work on my movement through all these different planes and alertness. I'm being aware of all the objects around me, the jungle gym that we're chasing and playing tag through. That's all going to equal athleticism without Coach Potter saying a damn thing. Cursing a lot today. And then attitude, enthusiasm, uh, initiative, self-control. Like not losing your temper. We talked about Thor blowing it all for the Avengers previously, but now he's the opportunity to practice self-control within this recess play environment that certainly will translate to other aspects of this 8 to 12 to 13 year old kid and then bit what I would be big on would be the the teamwork the team spirit cooperation friendship you have this opportunity of kids different age groups different backgrounds so on and so forth to develop through competitive where we as 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 sport athletes develop this within the weight room and freaking banging heads against these kids that we never met and that in training camp and one month later, four weeks later, we're freaking best of friends. Well, for the middle school, it's the opportunity through competitive games, we learn to connect with a teammate or, you know, and you mix and match every single day to then develop friendships that would otherwise not have happened sitting at a desk and forced to work on some school project that's not the same as you know playing and moving and failing and succeeding together so those were themes that we were encouraging our our, our middle school our PE teachers to to coach through and bring you know a passion back to fitness and exercise that we felt was lost from our observations within that cohort yeah and it's a, it's a paradigm shift from a guy or a gal who might be more embedded in like sports performance, strength, and conditioning because the themes you're looking at there are predominantly performance traits that express themselves on the field mm -hmm. in whatever competitive domain it is. Now we're talking about these very different themes, which changes the programming. You know, like that's the sexy thing in this space is like, what's the program? Again, like anything, as long as you're, you can point to, um, how the activity for that day or that period of time, whether it's a week, a day, a month, whatever interval, is leaning on 
these themes that we're talking about that we're eating every day. And that's, it's just a different way to kind of, to change the framework. Cause I'm sure I'm certain Potter was looking for like movement selection or volume or intensity. Well, those things are like, they're inconsequential at this point. Yeah. And Matt, trust, you know what to do, mm-hmm. get creative, have fun with the, the methodology information, but man, focus on this and empowering the, the youth here. Yeah. Yeah. I got one up more observation. If we got time for you, anything <laughs> for, for happy, happy Gilmore, Gilmore. <laughs> the, so I'm coaching middle school lacrosse and parents are so excited that school's beginning, but they're still stuck at home. So we're offering coaching outside of the school. So getting back into it and connecting with parents, there. observation, the youth, the age group is seventh and eighth grade. And now 13, can, 14, or is that 12, 13? I'm not sure. I just know the grades. I'd have to uh, math it out. But then, like, the kids that are rising into the high school. So an observation from almost a year working with this age group is the there's a, this switch and change in mentality of the kid to where, like, goofing around, playing tag, like, you know, pulling pants down or pushing kids around, that is fun. And you start to see as... We're doing drills, competitiveness, scrimmaging. A change in fun, a demeanor, starts to be being good, competing. So you can see this age group just evolve right before your eyes in less than a year. And where fun is goofing around and, you know, being a freaking middle schooler. Then fun is winning. Well, not not necessarily winning because we're not competing with other kids, but like being good Mm -hmm. at what you're doing. So then that starts to feed the interest of the sport, not just being there and hanging out with your boys. It's, oh, oh crap, I'm actually getting good at the skill. So now you find a different enthusiasm with the young men, which is it's cool. And yeah, then yeah. that's more, but still. And again, then with that, you, you, get a di- you have the opportunity to like get their attention a little bit more because you are now the technical expert on this. Whereas before you were seen probably as a babysitter. Uh, and I remember the same thing happening in, when I was coaching peewee football 10 years ago. Um, it was, and it was that. It was like fifth, fourth, fifth. I had the kids from fourth, fifth grade, fifth, sixth grade, sixth, seventh grade, seventh, eighth grade. So it was like four years I was coaching these kids. And then when, the, when we got to seventh and eighth grade, these little pipsqueaks, it was pretty funny. Like they, they just wanted to rip heads off. You know, and they really wanted to actually play. They were getting ready to play high school football. It's a big deal. So, cool opportunity. And it happens pretty quick. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm talking less than a year. Mm-hmm. So, there's still kids that it, it hasn't, same age group, friends, it still hasn't, hasn't late, clicked. Yeah, late yeah and I'm not saying anything. It's just an observation. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we asked and answered that one. Would you say? Yeah. No, it was good. Are we satisfied? Do you concur? Yeah, let's go eat. Have you seen... As a um, reference back to the... I get it. Uh, what's the Leo movie? Catch Me If You Can? That's a line I'm referencing where he's pretending to be a doctor. He's like, oh, what do I you concur. think, doctor? Do you I concur? concur? I concur. Do you concur? I concur. That's, uh, he got it off of the... Uh, remember, he was watching the TV show <laughs> yeah. on how to be a doctor. <laughs> That's a, a good true, movie. It's a true uh, story. I actually posted a uh, interview with Frank Abagnale. 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 Abigail, Abanale, it's kind of an interesting name like that, Junior. And uh, he actually goes and speaks and was like 
they have a pretty interesting story about the real guy. I posted it on uh, Johnny Wad Rest Day. Nice. Yeah, I, I got to go rewatch that one. That was fantastic. Big Leo fan. Big Leo fan. You know what else I'm a fan of, guys? Voicemails. Hotline's open, listeners. 929-464-4640. Hit us up. Ask us a question, and we'll get to it. Or leave a review for the podcast ah. if you're not the question type. Yeah, yeah. And if you have time to call us and leave a review on the voicemail, leave it on the iTunes page, right? Or, or Spotify. No, yeah, call it in. I'll type it up. Oh, nice one. Yeah. One of the shell accounts that you have? No. Thanks, listeners. Thanks, John. Thanks, Tex. You're welcome. Until next time. <laughs> bye. Bye-bye. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. Head to powerathletehq.com backslash training to choose from a number of programs to meet your specific performance goals. And if you like to break a mental sweat too, visit academy.powerathletehq.com and become a real stakeholder in you or your athlete's success. Until next time, bye!